Hey guys, I'm Mr. Kobus. I am a communications researcher who is very good at communicating via video, but more recently I've gotten into the communication of finances and art within blockchain technology and the cryptocurrency like sphere. So I got invited here to talk about NFTs and crypto. Yes, so welcome and thank you for being here. So let's just get started. I would say that everything is just always around me. And so okay, the way I describe it actually is that, that my mind lives on the edges of the metaverse. So it's like where things are being built for communication. I mm -hmm. like to think that I'm there trying to see what's going on. Like, like I was just thinking like this morning, I was like, oh, the way everything is so gamified, right? It's, yeah. And then I was thinking about the metaverse and like how time will be meta, uh, gamified. And I was already thinking about in Fortnite, it is kind of already gamified because you go and you chop down a tree and they tell you, oh, you chop down 750 trees, chop down another 250 so that you could gain 15,000 experience points. So then in your mind, you're already like, I have to spend this amount of time. So that's somewhere that my mind rests. So when you ask me, it's like, what do you do? It's like, so your career is centered around video. It's like, well, yeah, because like, I know how to communicate yeah. through video, but it's like, my you've mind expanded is... on that. Yes. And you brought up so many good points. So I'm going to try to break them down because I, I think they all deserve some expanding. Let's start with you acknowledging your experience at FSU and being able to say, okay, I'm not going to have a cookie, cookie cutter college experience. I'm going to have to kind of like create my own path because usually students are told okay so you're going to pick your college you're going to go through the process you're going to be there for you know uh four years maybe less maybe a little more and you're going to have you're going to create this life for yourself and at the end of the four years they're going to give you a little paper and off you go on your way so tell me what that process was like uh, well, being a first generation uh, Cuban American, it was very difficult for my family to grasp the concept of the firstborn in the family not being at home. So that was the most difficult part. But then after we got over that, it was just a matter of moving. And it really, and that's where I started realizing that life is just the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. It felt no different going to FSU. And it really, there, I mean, obviously the environment is completely different. It's like a, you're going to a different physical location, so things will obviously be different. But then it was just like you go to a bar and it's like the bar is the same. There's people drinking here. There's people drinking right. everywhere. Like you can do the same thing anyway. And, and now, like for better or for worse, COVID has made people realize that you can literally do the same thing everywhere. So... That's being, a good point. Yeah, no, being in the in the video world, it really felt like I went from like 100 to zero rather than zero to 100 when I went to FSU. So then like it was literally like within, a, I think like a semester and a half, I already was, my mind was already on leaving, but then I made friends and it was, it got more difficult until one day I just kind of like snap and I was like, I didn't snap. I was just like, I want to leave. Like I'm wasting my you time. You didn't conform. Yeah, I didn't conform and I realized I wasn't going to. So I was like, I have to leave. And so I came back to, to Miami-Dade and, and stayed there for two semesters, got my AA, and then went to FIU, and then went to FIU again. So, right. so the experience was more, 
it was it was I guess the first battle in adult in adulthood if we want to like maybe analyze this from like a story perspective we're on a literary magazine podcast so <laughs> uh it was the it was maybe the first uh hero's journey circle closing like yeah i don't know yeah no it makes total sense it was your first hurdle yes your first um encounter with the crossroads and and figuring out what the best decision would be yeah, so maybe to get into NFTs, another crossroads. So when I when when I was in crypto already, uh, and not so I guess it's your podcast. So maybe we no. Well, well, because it's like if I bring in crypto, then you're okay. We're gonna put aside the technicalities of blockchain technology, and maybe you have a basic understanding of what Bitcoin and Ethereum and these cryptos are. They're just digital tokens, digital tokens used by people to verify financial transactions on the internet. That's a very basic explanation of what crypto does. That this technology was then adopted for digital art or digital files so that you could verify the authenticity of a, of a picture or of a song or a video. And that's just what NFTs are. NFTs, and the term NFT stands for non-fungible token. And that's just a fancy way of saying a unique token mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's just a, a unique token that you can't make a copy of and that you can see directly on the blockchain yeah that was a very butchered uh definition of it but so what when i was in crypto and i saw this be and i and i had already heard of nfts but then i arrive in the space and i'm on twitter and i mm -hmm. see a bunch of monkeys and i start asking questions and i see the the community of people and what they're talking about and they're talking sort of how i said i'm on the edges of the metaverse it was just making a lot of sense to me as people were coming together over art and branding and creators being able to express themselves with in an open and transparent way in an open and transparent market right and DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations basically basically big companies in a decentralized manner where individuals are able to vote on how the larger group functions kind of like like a country or a club or something like that and i saw all these things being built and i was like this is at the crossroads of everything that i've ever studied in academia because it's talking about all these ways of communication coming together and then uh in my career because it's media production and producing content so talking about crossroads it's like right. nfts is literally was is is was and will be at the crossroads of everything that i've studied and done career-wise forever i mean we see it developing now what i talked about before video audio text and still images vats that's what i called it video audio text and still images those are the four elements of the internet so everything that we, every content that we consume on the internet is either video, audio, text, or still image. That's changing now because of VR and AR, but then let's just say XR. Wait, what's VR? Vi virtual reality. Oh, duh. Yeah, yes. And then <laughs> augmented reality. Okay. AR. So it's like Pokemon Go or the Snapchat filters, what you see like when you look on Instagram. And it's okay, like the, yeah. Are, that's augmented reality. Then virtual reality is put the goggles on and you're in another world. So then those, 
that's another medium. But then the way I start thinking about it, and I haven't written this down specifically yet, would that would then be that that is uh, like the the product or the the summation of video, audio, text, and still images. You need you still need these four elements to then create this world because that virtual world is created of these four elements. So I haven't figured out exactly mm-hmm. how to frame that relationship be- between the the actual digital 3D world and that's, mm-hmm. but that relationship exists. Okay, so how how would you explain to someone that's not familiar with any of this and they're asking themselves, well, how do you make money with this stuff? How do you make a living with this? Yes, so if you're not a creator, it's probably still too early for you. Okay. But I, I, I'm on the side of school of thought that everyone's a creator deep down. You just have to find what you like to create specifically. So hmm. if, if uh, I mean, you're a writer. So you're like, if, if you're asking me, how could a writer get involved in starting to create NFTs? I tell my friend yes, who's that's a writer. Yes, that's a good question. He, I would say you should write a short story every week and that short story you should mint it as an nft and start selling it as your author and you make so he he's so to take my friend for example he is on draft two of a book i told him when you finish that draft maybe you do one more draft and then you mint it as an nft and you sell 500 editions only those 500 and i was actually thinking about this on the car ride over edgar Allan poe was wrote all these short stories and then died right Mm -hmm. and then the short stories didn't become popular until after so like how cool and like there's probably more that we just never found so it's like writers start writing their stories now my friend writes the book he sells 500 editions of it right and 500 gets sold but then over time people lose their passwords they lose their wallets there's 30 surviving copies right and then after he releases the book, he does a short story every week for three years, right? Now he has a collection of 300 short stories. How much, given that he gets popular and and he puts in the work and the dominoes fall in order and everything goes the way that I think they would go if he were to do something like this, how much would those 25 editions of the first book that Stephen Mordulis ever wrote, how much would they be worth? I'm assuming a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot. And then the thing is, normally in in today's age, you publish this book and then it's like you make $15 off this book, right? Mm -hmm. And that's it. But then 30 years from now, Anna Menendez uh, becomes extremely popular and there's a signed, or not even signed, but it's just the first edition book of Anna Menendez. there's, There's no benefit for Anna Menendez to create more value to the person who owns the first book because when the when the when that person as a collector collects the book and 50 years from now sells it for $10,000 Anna Menendez gains nothing from that transaction so as a creator you're able to code into NFTs that you get 2% off every book and now the, oh so so as a collector you're like I want to create value so that people want to collect my book so like maybe People who buy Steven's first book, they all get to visit him once a year at his lake house, something like that. So then people want to. And so then Steven's lake house yearly visit becomes like a thing within his community and people want to join. And then 
things are built out from that dynamic. Okay, so let's see if I understood it correctly. You're not just creating a product, but you're also creating, like you said, content and an experience attached to this product. So it becomes intrinsically more valuable than just here's a book. Well, smart people in the space are doing that. Okay. Right. You can just create the book and put it on OpenSea and, and that's it and just sell it and just mm -hmm. create the product and sell it. And that's what most people come into the space thinking it's just the product. I don't have to worry about the community behind it because they're not th they're not thinking about the implications of the dynamics created by the technology. Like I like if ev like I with blockchain, if everyone were to buy this book on the blockchain, I could see every single person who owns this book. So then Five years from now, Anna Menendez writes another book and a special artist designs the cover. And as a gift to the people who first purchased her first book ever, she can airdrop to everyone a signed copy of the artwork from her new book. Not the new book, but right. a piece of artwork that then those people, right? If, if now they own Anna Menendez's first book and Anna Menendez goes on to be something crazy and there's only 500 editions. How much is, because we're on the internet, edition 69 of Anna Menendez's first 500 books worth? More or less than edition 24. And there's even like economics that goes into the, the collectible atmosphere of like what NFTs would, would create. I mean, mm -hmm. we're getting really specific on like a specific, like on a use cases, but for writers, I mean, you create a world where characters exist and each character could be an NF it could could be NFTs. I mean, there's so many things to think about. Right. I yeah. so would you say that that's maybe the future for writers and even readers? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. Oh my goodness. So, okay, a bit of a stupid question. No. If let's say Anna Menendez, she publishes this book as an NFT, it would only exist digitally. I wouldn't be able to hold the book in my hands. Okay, so there, there's, I mean, there's ways to approach this. Theoretically, there could be a way so that there is a digital and physical version of it. Okay. Yeah, there could be both. Okay, good. That, that would create a whole different dynamic as well. Because then there's be, there'd be like, oh, the person who owns edition 69, the digital version, and edition 69, the physical version. And sometimes the bundle will be the physical and the digital version or something, a dynamic that could be fun there would be, oh, you only get the physical version if you burn the digital version. So that creates scarcity Ooh. amongst the, and that's actually what- And exclusivity. What, yeah, so, there, so there's actually a, pro, a project called uh, the Punks Comic. It was a, a crowdsourced comic book and it gets really crazy. They crowdsource a comic, and it's like one of my biggest regrets. Everyone's laughing at me right now. It was $500, and I looked at it, and I could have just put it on my card, right? It wasn't even crypto. It's like you could have just – or it was at House of Kiba, whatever. It was like 500 bucks. I had it at the time. I could have done it. And so you buy the comic book, and they give you three options. You could burn it, burn it to get the physical version, stake it, or just that mean? stake it means you like – you sign a contract saying I'm not doing anything to it, and then you gain okay. you gain something for doing that, right? Okay. That's staking. Then you you could have burned it for a physical one, staked it, like locked it up, like you're not doing anything to it, or just hold it. And each one of those gave you like something in return, right? You burn it for the physical. You could stake it and 
I, I, I'm not in the project, so I'm not familiar with it, but you stake it and you get something as a benefit for, for, for locking it up. And then you get stuff for just holding it in your wallet. And now it's like the comics themselves are worth, I think, like 15 Ethereum, which is ridiculous. It's like $45,000. And then... Wait, each comic? Each comic, because it's the first edition comic from that series that has created this whole universe of... Wow. It's, it's, it's like buying the... It's like imagine buying the first Marvel comic... Superman. As, no, no, no. I know that's not yeah. Marvel, but yeah. that's my guy. No, no, no. So, like, the first... Superman edition comic, but it's, like, you're not even just buying the first edition Superman comic. You're funding Superman, <gasps> the the funder, the Superman okay, edition. Okay, I get it now. And so, all the people who own the first edition are, in my eyes, angel investors. And they all not only have the comic, but they've gotten airdrops, like... Like Beanie Maxi, which is the the creator or at least the the spokesperson or who I see on Twitter that is representing them, mm-hmm. dude, this guy has created like well over in my opinion six figures like going into in, into the five to ten year range like well over six figures of value for anyone who bought that five hundred dollar comic book. Oh man, yeah, I'm not joking. That's, that's no, it's unreal. It's that's really, insane. Yes, in the best way. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. So who, who are the, who's the audience? Who are the readers? Uh, us. So people. like the younger generation. I would, well, I wouldn't say uh, younger. I would just say people whose minds are on the edges of the metaverse right now. Yeah, I'm. I'm like you're gonna have to like create a path for me because oh, no, I'm, no. I'm like you're here and I'm like ten continents. Oh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> like behind you. <laughs> yeah, no. I, it's going to get to a point where this is going to be in front of your face on the New York Times. Like it, it will get there. Like, right. And you're a literary magazine. There's going to be, I mean, books like we have. There's pro- there as we speak. People are building these things because they know being like what happened to uh, Blockbuster, what Netflix did to them. Mm-hmm. They don't want. No one wants what they did, what Netflix did to Blockbuster to happen to them, right? right. And Netflix knows that it's like, oh, like, like the decent, like YouTube knows, like the Twitter knows, like that's why they're all working so fast. It's like why you see Instagram posting, oh, looking for NFT uh, developers and smart contract developers because they know if they don't adopt and embrace decentralization and what this space means for creators mm-hmm. and, and for people, they're gonna get blockbustered, and right. It's they're not the only ones. Like, like, it's, it's we're gonna. It's I wouldn't doubt. Well, then we're just talking about we're gonna get off topic if I start talking about. Banking. It's okay. Well, it's like the the whole banking atmosphere is like, like the so fun fact is like one third of all the money that exists in the world was printed last year. Mm-hmm. One third. Of all the money that's a lot that exists in the world was printed last year. That's for better or for worse. It's just a fact. Yeah. Huh. Yes. Okay, that's a lot. That's yes. a lot to digest. Yes. One third, <laughs> um, and to... they're talking about printing another twenty percent going into next year for next year's budget. So then that would put us at fifty, like you know, another twenty yeah. percent on top of that thirty percent. It's like that's... that's a lot of uh, inflation that exactly people don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's a reality. Yes, and but that's a whole other thing. And so what I'm saying is that humans uh, need to find a way to store their value 
in ways that are not easily manipulated by people who are not themselves. Like no one should be able to dictate hmm. the value of like you work 10 hours right now and at $10 an hour, that's $100. Gas just doubled. So yeah. literally to fill up your tank now versus a year ago is literally an extra hour of your time Yeah. to fill up your tank. It's an extra hour of your time. They just robbed you of an hour. That's you're absolutely right. And that's just gas. If you factor in, you don't have to factor in everything else. That's up thirty percent. Meanwhile, right. CPI is only indicating you know four and a half to five percent of transitory inflation. Yeah. Yeah, but again, this is off topic. From it's it's not because NFTs are derived from crypto and blockchain technology, which was meant to solve the the financial like smoke screens that they throw up so that we can't right. tell what they're doing. They can't do that anymore on the blockchain because it's literally there. It's code. It's well. That's what I was gonna ask. So if you involve your your money, your finances into this, that gives you more freedom, right? Like you said, it makes you uh, more. You, yes, you leave the control of the Federal Reserve and the U.S. dollar, theoretically, right? I'm not like, <laughs> right? You're not an anarchist. I'm not an anarchist, <laughs> but it does. It's, I would just say it's a hedge against inflation, right? Right. Any smart person is not, right? You ask billionaires, they don't have their money in cash. They have it in in the S&P 500 or some hard assets. They don't, or property. Like it's never liquid. Like having money in a it's savings. never under the mattress. Yeah, definitely not under the mattress. Yeah. But, so yes, I would say you definitely leave the constraints of like the of the Federal Reserve and, and the financial, the traditional or the centralized financial uh, sector. But like, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, uh, if you don't understand, I would implore you or like ask for you to do more research before just jumping in. Cause I actually don't like people who, who ask, right? First question is like, oh, how can I make the most money, right? When like the, the most popular question nowadays is okay, like- Okay, I won't ask that then. No, no, no. <laughs> well, it shouldn't, it should be not how to make money, but how can, how, how can we improve? Why are we even building this in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. this, this is why, to create a fair and open system. But when pe the people who are jumping in saying like, oh, which NFT can I buy to make the most money? It's like, that type of attitude is what got us to have the financial system in the way that we yeah. don't like in the first place. So it's like, the question is like, how can we adopt this technology and build from it to then better the community as a whole for everyone involved, right? So then coming on this, on like your podcast, the idea in my head was like, this would be good, not because I want people to make money, but because it, you know, if three people that hear this podcast go off and do their research and join a community and are able to go and build from that. That's the goal, right? There's people that Absolutely. are going to, there's people that are going to jump in and buy Dogecoin because it's funny and then think that they're going to become millionaires overnight when you, when, when that's not how you do these things. Like Dogecoin, like the guy that became a millionaire off Dogecoin made a very good bet when no one was talking about Dogecoin. Like maybe like, and not to start talking about Dogecoin, but I'm just saying it as a meme of people who like just jump in and think like the people who are buying Dogecoin are the same people who are going off and buying like the NFTs that 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 people want to go and make a lot of money off. Not to trash anyone's specific investments. OK. I'll just leave it at that. Right. 
Okay. I don't. I don't. I love Dogecoin. Okay. I love Dogecoin. Don't don't hate on me. No, because right. Dogecoin no, people are now like. I understand what you're saying. Do your research and really find something that that is more than just is going to make me a lot of money. I get it, and I can see your philosophy background coming into play because you're advocating for something that's a little bit more substantial than just making a lot of money, which is important, right? We all need money, but uh, I I get what you're I get your point, and I I have to agree. There's no arguing against that. Yeah, I like to think that if if you're doing your proper research, like if you're gonna, gonna invest in an NFT project, I say the first thing that you look at is the aesthetic. Do you like looking at that piece of art? Or in the case, if it's a text or a poem, mm -hmm. like do you like the way it sounds and it reads, right? Aesthetics. Then community and roadmap. Where is this project going? Where will this be in five years? How can, like what type of community is fostered in it? Who Who are in the community? How can I join and how will it bring me benefit as well as how can I as an individual bring benefit to this community? Then the third thing would be how, how much authenticity can I generate for myself by joining this community and this project? Like there are some NFT projects that you join and like that, for better or for worse, you have like this blue check mark that it's like, okay, like when Visa bought a CryptoPunk, it's not like they bought a CryptoPunk because they thought it looked cool. They probably thought it looked cool, but then also they knew immediately in the crypto and NFT community, they were gonna, there was gonna, there was gonna create a ripple and a wave right. effect throughout where everyone's like, oh my God, uh, Visa bought a crypto. Product. It must be good. No, well, it's not that it must be good. It's that the, it's like the, the Michael Jordan moment. It's like when it crosses that ninja moment, when it when Ninja played with mm -hmm. Drake on Fortnite and everyone heard about Fortnite immediately, it's that moment when it sort of just scrapes the mainstream and then some people like jump in and they're able to like, it brings more people into the space and it's just scratching the surface still. We're not even like the full on tidal wave. That's like the craziest thing to think, of, to think about is in August, OpenSea has made over a billion dollars in August. Wow. Which is, they're like, let's just say the Amazon of NFTs. A billion dollars in That's August. That's incredible. They have only around 200,000 active accounts on it. 200,000. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we're, so, so we're early. So I'm saying when the big tidal wave comes, we have yeah. no, like when everything is an NFT, everything can be NFT'd, everything will be NFT'd. Any smart person and every brand is now talking to people and asking people, how can I get my business into NFTs? Any smart business is doing that, right? We're in 2001 and the World Wide Web is being developed and YouTube is going to come out in five years. So it's like, which companies will adopt the right. decentralized YouTube or Facebook when they come out in the next five to 10 years? So would you say that um, things like printed books will become obsolete? Um, are they not already obsolete? That dang. <laughs> oh, well, that breaks my heart. No, there's going to be. But it is a reality. Yeah, you're right. Um, there's going to be a niche. And that niche will probably be very, it's going to be like, like, like owning fancy wine bottles or owning like something really old. Yeah. Like fancy cars. So you in think a they're gonna transition into this digital this digitally encrypted world 
and that's how people are going to consume the written word. I think it's already like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you're you're probably like, right. Because... Other than people who read, it's like all the other text that you're reading is like now coming from like Twitter and Instagram captions. That's where you're consuming text content. It's like people who even like read the news. It's like that's the only extent of text or like the BuzzFeed article. Right. Stories. I mean, so they're going to get blockbustered or they already did. Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble got kindled. They got kindled. <laughs> They did. I know. It's crazy. Oh, my God. There's something about holding a book that I like, but there's also something about, like, not having to carry a book. That's yeah. nice, too. Like, I don't have keys. I don't have – or I have keys. I don't have a wallet. I only have Right, this. because you have your – yeah. Yeah, and then eventually I'll have, like, a a thing on – like, I don't have to carry a key, and then my car mm-hmm. won't have a key either. Just like, right. And eventually it's just going to be my glasses, and I won't even have to – I'll have my phone in my pocket, but then my glasses will be where all my interactions will take place. That's in the next 10 years. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. That's that's interesting, to say the least. Um, to go back to, yeah, let, let's see how all of this interacts with the younger generations, right? Because we all agree kids, people, need to read more, right? They need to be exposed to art, ideas, yes. logic, yes. Uh, to be able to get away from, like, how you... You said what impacted you this uh, utilitarian yeah. idea? Watching this, huh? Who like what's the demographic for who watches this? Uh, we do have some kids. Okay. That that listen to us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Their so, parents. Yeah. So NFTs. NFTs are like buying Fortnite skins, like uh, the same way that you own. So like season one school trooper, how much are those accounts worth? Because they're the only accounts that have that skin from Halloween from season one. Those those accounts are worth like over a grand, like a couple thousand dollars. Really? Yeah, for that Fortnite skin because it only came out that year. Then they came out with a version two that was slightly different, but everyone knows it's not the OG version. It's one. not the if you original. See the, yeah, like if you see the OG running around, it's like that kid was around like in 2017, like when no one was buying skins. Like that, those those kids are the angel investors. That like, kid was a visionary. Yeah. No. And and. Yeah, Fortnite is going to be huge because Fortnite devoted, or not Fortnite, Epic Games, which is the parent company, just uh, devoted like $10 billion to building out the metaverse. And so I think Fortnite will be one of the first games that comes out with uh, like a secondary item shop, like a a secondary market where now the kid won't have to sell his entire school trooper like account. Mm-hmm. He could just sell the one skin on the secondary market. And then Fortnite will make a, a cut from the sale, right? Why wouldn't that happen? Okay, wait. But the, the the kid that sold, they're not getting real money. It, I, I don't, I don't, I can't, I'm not a fortune teller, so I don't know how the, the economics of the Fortnite metaverse will play with the Ethereum blockchain and these blockchains. Mm-hmm. But if it happens the way that I think should happen, which is the, the like a direct bridge into Ethereum and, and the blockchain world, then yeah, they would be getting real money. That's... Like real money. Like a lot of real, especially if they have a season one school trooper, like a lot of money. Wow. Yeah, especially like being like, if you're the first sale, that'd be crazy. Cause it's like things on NFT is all the questions that you can ask now. It's like, uh, who owned the the first who bought the first ever iPhone 
ever. Mm-hmm. We can look that up if it were on the blockchain. Like, who who was the 69th person, right, to buy the, the iPhone, right? We're on the internet, so I have to say that number. So it's like, <laughs> which, who can, like, we can look these things up. Like, the 42,069th person, we can see which iPhone that is. And that iPhone would probably cost more than an, the, the 42,068th iPhone, just because it ha- it's that, that number. Mm-hmm. Those those things come into play. Like, there's so many more, and it's like, when when Apple, when I sell my iPhone 11 next year on eBay, because I get the, the new iPhone, Apple doesn't make a cut. But That's then true. with NFTs, they would make a 2% cut off my transaction, which is like a hyper-capitalistic thing. But it's like, sure, the big companies are going to do it. But it's like that technology is also available to the little guys like us. Like when right. you write your book and again, you write a book, you write or just if you're a writer, you start writing a short story every week and you mint those on OpenSea every week. There, There is money involved to start up. You probably need like like a, a quarter or a half Ethereum to get started so that you could start the minting How process. much is that in real money? 0.25. So it'd be like 500 to 1500 okay. to start the process of getting, of, of, of putting them on the blockchain. But then once, once I think the biggest expense is, is making the collection. And I think there's gasless options. Again, you, go on YouTube. I implore you to, to do research in, into the space. If, if any of this sounds uh, interesting, and, and to bring your question about like the younger generation, when I talked to my nephew, so like I own a bored ape, I was telling him about the apes and I told him, I was like, as I was explaining it to him, he started explaining it back to me. He was like, owning an NFT is like owning an old car. And then only the OGs who bought the first cars are able to own, like own the one of the 10,000 because they're the OGs. Like they were, ex- like he was explaining the concept of like that to me. So mm-hmm. I was like, Kids understand it. And when they see games like Sandbox, like where it's Minecraft, Fortnite, and uh, RuneScape slash World of Warcraft all in one game, where not only can you build experiences like in Fortnite, like in Minecraft, but then that world is part of a bit, that little plot that you can build on is then part of a larger open world where it's a massive, like multiplayer online world where people can walk around and go on your land and interact with your experience. Like it's it's literally right. like 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 uh World of Warcraft or like RuneScape like where you can like buy the land right next to that big uh attraction where 150,000 people a month go to that specific place. You could own the plot of land that is like two blocks or like a block down from that and it's as and the analytics say that through your plot of land, it's an average of twenty-five to thirty thousand people walk every month to your through your land to get to this bigger experience that that's there. Right. Like Atari, uh, the Smurfs, The Walking Dead. Like The Walking Dead has an area in this game. Like how many thousands of people going on into the future will walk to The Walking Dead land to experience The Walking Dead game, where they're gonna have missions, quests. And uh, like uh, like things that you can uh, like things that you can battle and then gain items from and then these items in a in a real world game right now like Fortnite and Call mm-hmm. of Duty you get the item and you can't do anything with it but in this game and more games that will be developed just like this you can then they're NFTs there you could see them on the blockchain 
you can right. sell them and buy them for real money. So there's there's going to be people, there's going to be a quest that is really hard and that you need this one very specific item to finish that quest. But every time you finish that quest, they give you a special drink that you have to drink to, to level up. And there's going to be a guy that all he does is sit there and battle the thing and sell that potion on the secondary market for people who need the sword that he got through another really long mission that he has to go through another really long mission, right? And right. so now all he can do is sit at home and fight that uh, fight that monster over and over again with that sword, get the ether drop or whatever it is, and sell it on the secondary market for $20 a bottle or $50 or like whatever. And then that's all he does because wow. it's play to earn. Right. It, it shifts from... So... Yeah. Okay. Another stupid question. Um, let's say you're involved in all, the, all of this. How does that translate to real money? Okay. On like, let's you mean say, like, how does it trans? Okay. Like a monthly. Like, do you have money coming in on a monthly basis? How does that uh, translate into like your everyday life? Okay, you're saying how to get from magic internet money to US right. monopoly. Like money. let's say I'm involved, yes. okay, I have my NFTs and my uh all my other stuff, all my ducks are in a row. Now, how do I get from all of these assets that I have into translating that into like my everyday life? Okay. You have your MetaMask wallet, which is your the wallet. Heck on... does that... Yeah, so your 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 MetaMask wallet is the decentral. It's just a fancy. It's, it's Can a you make a dictionary for us? With there's going to be definitions? a lot of terms. Yeah. Well, there's actually a post I saw the other day, and I'll forward it to you so that you can post it. But there there's there's a forward that has all the key terms and everything. So, but a MetaMask wallet is just a wallet that you have on your computer, and that that wallet contains all your NFTs and all your Ethereum and all your crypto. It, you could send all your if you want if if you had pictures you would have mm -hmm. to sell the pictures for a currency like ethereum or usdc or or a crypto if you have a jpeg there's no there's no liquidity meaning like you could send it your nft like i can send you a picture but it's not like you can spend that right now probably we'll get to a point that you will be able to spend as crazy as as it sounds spend those assets like exchange that value you can already kind of do that but it, it it'll become easier to do those things but so if you if you have a picture you would have to sell the picture or convert all those assets sell the assets into a currency like ethereum then in your metamask it, let's say you have ethereum one ethereum you send that one ethereum to your coinbase which is an app it's like Robinhood but for crypto okay so you send it to your coinbase and then in coinbase you sell for usd so if you have one Ethereum, they'll give you right now like $3,600. And then you transfer to bank and you can do instant for a 1% fee or for free, but three to five business days through a bank transfer. And then it's in your account in like minutes. Wow. Yeah. So to go from Ethereum to US dollar monopoly money, it would probably take like <laughs> 10 money. money. Yes, I had to get in there. It's like $10 <laughs> or 10 minutes, 10, 20 minutes to get from there to there. Now, if you have over fifteen thousand uh, dollars, you could do an instant transaction of fifteen thousand dollars to your bank account. Uh, anything over fifteen thousand dollars, you would have to wait three to five business days. So, wow. so if you have a hundred thousand dollars, you could get fifteen thousand dollars instantly, and then seventy-five thousand dollars or eighty-five thousand uh, dollars mm -hmm. three to five business days from now. That's and again, it should be. Why not all instant? Like. 
it's literally digits on a number. Like I've seen people transfer like ridiculous amounts of money instantly. But then something like what might seem crazy, like someone wants to buy two Ethereum right now. Mm -hmm. Two Ethereum, each Ethereum is $3,600. So that's like almost a $7,000, like let's just say $8,000 purchase. Like he wasn't able to do that easily. He had to call his bank and say, hey, this isn't fraud. I need permission to spend my own money. That's like really, I I think that's really stupid. I mean, yeah, totally. Because I need permission to spend my money. No. And then and then he calls me back. He's like, I'm going to try it again, but I don't know if it's going to work. He tries it and it doesn't work. And I'm like, dude, call your bank and tell them that you want to spend your money. There's no reason that you are not able to spend your value. You worked for that value. You must be able to spend it. Tell them that you're that I was like, dude, like I, I'm, I'm so fed up with banks. Like it's like, I don't know. I think it's uh it's unfair to the disadvantaged and i think that's what crypto and i I don't think that's what a lot of people are talking about it's like crypto is not even really going to affect us people are like oh like why would i need crypto like i have my bank and i can do this it's like but the people in in venezuela that don't have good banking systems and in africa that don't have access and even like in some countries in the caribbean like Mm -hmm. these are the countries that not everyone has an ID and a bank and, and a social or whatever their country's version of that is. And they can't go to the local bank because they need X, Y, and Z. All you need to participate in crypto and NFTs and in this decentralized economy is a phone and internet access. That's all you need. Wow. Yes. Yeah, it makes, makes complete sense why this is growing so quickly. Um. Okay, you answered like a lot of questions that I had just in in those statements right there. My goodness, this is like a whole different world. Yes, it's the same world. It's just extremely. It's 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 metaphysics was an aspect of philosophy I really enjoyed because it talks about free will and mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So, I think this is just getting down to the very meta level of everything. For sure. Do you think this stuff should be taught in schools? what crypto yeah like all of this i think uh i think uh i think (laughs) see your face (laughs) parents parents should uh parents should care more about what's being taught to their kids i think that that's more important than for sure than trying to like say oh something should be taught in school i think parents should just be the the main teachers not really school is just like sure the kid needs to know how to add two plus two but like there's, I think, other things that they should mm-hmm. be taught that you, there's things that you can't decide for everyone to be taught or not. It's like. Right. And then some, unfortunately, some people just have to learn on their own. So. Yeah, that's true. If I will say there's one thing that needs to be taught in school, I would urge everyone to go to digitalliteracy.mrcobus.com and watch the video on digital literacy and why digital literacy is important for our kids and not just for our kids, but for society at large. For sure definitely yeah yes yeah um and to bring it back to academia since we're talking about schools you mentioned earlier that um you felt when you got into college that your education wasn't fully complete tell me about that uh i wouldn't say that it wasn't fully complete but it 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 wasn't my my brain wasn't being stimulated 
mm-hmm. by the curriculum at Florida State because I felt like they were talking about like the rule of thirds in video and what colors go with what and how to place things. A lot of theoretical uh, things that are are somewhat important, but things that I felt I had already grasped and cost, concepts I had grasped so that, I mean, like I went from being hands-on having a camera in my hand like five out of seven days a week to literally picking up a camera once every three weeks, maybe. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like it was like, that's why I say it's like going from 100 to zero. So it's like, if I'm really good at communicating via video, and it wasn't until I got back to Miami, I went to philosophy and then met Rick when he walked in and we started talking about video, right? And it was only through philosophy being able to start and have conversations and un- mm-hmm. and understand like the flow of like, and maybe oral uh, communication, I also got really good at through communicate or through uh, philosophy. So it's like the way I described it in my thesis was first we learned how to make sounds probably there's no there's no history indicating that because we didn't know how to keep track of that so we probably learned how to speak to each other first then we learned how to draw pictures on caves then we learned how to draw little pictures that represent the sounds that we say that then with other little pictures form kind of like big pictures right that we call words the thought the words and we were able to write those down and that created text and then we we uh and then eventually we learned how to record audio, so that created audio. And then we learned how to record, uh, take pictures, and that was still images, which still images and and paintings are the same. But now we know we understood how to capture light. And then after learning how to capture light in in still images, we learned how to capture motion in, in video, and use these mediums to communicate. So, again, that's what I think should be. Uh, the the thing is, I think that like the communications department of like. A university needs to encompass audio, video, text, and still images. Like all of these should be part of the same one. Like, or, or at least, and you you can see it in my digital literacy video. Like, it's all about creating a, a digital literacy, but then also a digital fluency. Like, literacy is being able to understand the concept. It's like the grammar of like why semicolons versus why the period versus mm-hmm. why quotations and uh, I t- like all these things are like video. Like why. Like, and, and for like video and pictures and, and, uh, and audio, like frame rates and, and frame sizes and, and all the grammar aspects. Cause it's like a way I described it is like when you see someone using like a story and you see like a boomer using a story and you can see that you didn't really use it correctly. <laughs> and you're like, they only didn't. And, and you could tell that they didn't use it correctly because they just don't understand the grammar aspect. Right. Cause like. Mm-hmm you see that like some things are misspelled and like not proper punctuation. You could just like, it just looks off. It's the same thing for video and pictures and, and those things. Like when the, when the picture is just slightly tilted and the line of horizon is off, that's kind of like a grammar aspect. And so it was these concepts that were being taught to me again in academia, like in at FSU. And I was like, I already understand the grammar aspects of video that I'm wasting my time. So then I went to political science and, what I found interesting was utilitarianism, not Russia and whatever, or Iran. So yeah, let's talk about that. What be- Russia and Iran? No, no, no. How you found, how you went from you know being such an uh, an artistic person and expressing yourself through video, through shifting to political science, because that's not uh, usually those two don't really go together, unless you're thinking about like news and people that create uh, that kind of content. Yeah, but that- that's that's not an uh, 
linked all the time. Yeah. No, I'm just uh extremely expressive person. So I don't like hiding what I think. And so it gets me in trouble with people who are politically aligned on either side. Sometimes I say something that outrages one side of the aisle and then something that outrages the other side of the aisle. But it's just because I'm naturally a person that likes to say what I think and I'm not afraid to defend because I don't think I'm a bad person. I, I don't think I think bad, bad things. So right. I'm not afraid to say, hey, I think this is wrong or I think this is right. or And so that attitude, I get into college around the time of the Trump-Hillary and Trump uh, uh, mm-hmm. like 2016 election. I'm like, this is cool. So then, and fun. So I just joined political, I was, and I'm not getting anything out of video production, like media production. So I might as well, like, this sounds fun. So I joined political science and take international relations for one semester. And that's where I found utilitarianism. And then I was like, it's really interesting that some someone could argue that it's better to save like a burning painting rather than to save a, a child. It's it's just funny that that, that that could be an argument that could be made. That that's makes even sense. a thought. Right? No, that, that could make sense. That could make sense. And yeah. I just thought that's funny. Because again, I think like I, I maybe controversy is funny, like comedy and these things that I find uh, amusing. So I thought it's amusing that someone could use this logic in this way and it still be theoretically correct logic mm-hmm. to use. I thought that was funny. So then I found philosophy. And then I actually was talking to someone and they were like, a really good friend and they were like oh i have you figured out we were having an argument he was like have you figured out you use the socratic method this was back at fsu and i was like i have no idea i have no idea what that means and he was like you just keep asking questions and questions and questions until you get me to get to the point that you wanted to make anyway Mm -hmm. i was like yeah and then i went and then i did a little bit of research i was like that's it and then so that when i got back to dade i was like i joined philosophy and then i joined philosophy and and literally I, I, it was just, I fell in love immediately with being able to just, again, my mind is on the edges of the metaverse. So within school, I was always like, so You're constrained. Like, constrained. And I'm like, God, like, I don't like this at all. Yeah. So I was like. It's it, difficult. It's difficult to, to, to be in a box all yes. the time, you know, cause some, I get it. Sometimes it's necessary, right? Like you have to learn the box in order to be able to not be in the box, but there comes a point in time where the box is just constraining. It's, it's it doesn't serve a purpose anymore, uh, especially in education. I I had a really difficult time understanding that as a student and as a teacher. Um, why why are we again putting these constraints on on students? It makes no sense. Um, and I don't know if if that's a, an American. Uh, school thing uh because i don't think it's just a western school thing yeah i think for the most part people just live their lives and they don't really like thinking about the implications of choosing to do a traditional thing versus a non-traditional thing and so or i guess a simpler way of saying is most people just go with the flow Mm -hmm. and sometimes going uh going with the flow can hinder you and maybe it hinders society but people don't want to admit it because it would be too much work to change the flow anyway but then it's like they're going to force you to change the flow like think about qr codes how long have humans thought that qr codes were going to be a thing it wasn't until covid and they 
uh, literally human behavior changed overnight, basically. Something that would have never happened, like going to La Carreta, mm -hmm. right? Or going to Versailles and scanning a QR code was not something I thought would be easily uh, transitioned into. But look, it happened. So I'm sorry, what was the question? Forcing human behavior, I think was the answer I was trying to. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about your experience with uh, changing to political science, then philosophy, and your oh, because most people just utilitarianism. Go with the flow. Yeah, but most people yeah. just go with the flow. So, uh, I like to think you should go with the flow until you realize that it's just, like not going to work. The moment right. you start doubting, like I don't know, I I always like try to trust my gut on decisions like that. I don't like to think about. Uh, possibly being wrong mm -hmm. although sometimes you are you can't go into making every decision thinking that oh i'm, I'm going to be wrong in, in, in this instance so that's true yeah you have to be okay with your educated guests yes and and just move move past it um i i want to talk to you more about the the ape I was trying to remember its name. The Board Ape Yacht Club. That's yes. okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, the board. Okay. So to transition towards the Board Ape Yacht Club, the Board Ape Yacht Club is a collection of ten thousand unique monkeys stored on the Ethereum blockchain, and each monkey is a membership to the Board Ape Yacht Club, which is a, a community of like-minded individuals who. So the lore goes that uh, ten years from now, in twenty thirty-two there are a collection of 10,000 monkeys who all got filthy rich 10 years ago in this era now mm -hmm. because it takes place in 2032. There's 10,000 of them that got filthy rich off their investments and now all they do is hang out at the yacht club because they're bored. They're part of the okay. Bored Ape Yacht Club. That's that's the name of the collection, the Bored Ape Yacht Club. So all they do is hang out at the yacht club. And so the board so the collection came out in uh april late april or late march i'm getting roasted right now because i don't actually know the exact date <laughs> but it, it happened approximately approximately four months ago and it has just gained a level of notoriety within the space because of it changed a lot of things about the way nft drops were held so the way you think of like uh a Yeezy drop or a Michael Jordan Air mm -hmm. Force drop where the kids are lined up outside this, uh, the sneaker store to mm -hmm. buy uh, sneakers. There's people lined up ready to mint the NFTs. So usually when an NFT project would launch, it would launch at 0 0.01 Ethereum. And then after the first thousand sold, then it would go to 0 0.03 and then after another thousand, 0 0.05 and then 0.1 and then five and then one Ethereum for every NFT. That that was known in the community as a FOMO ramp, like a fear of missing out ramp. So as people were buying in, the price was going up, and you wanted to, you had to FOMO in because if you didn't buy it now, it was going to be more expensive, guaranteed by the next one. Before you know it, like it was so expensive, no one like it was so expensive, it would cost literally an Ethereum to to get into the. So what the board API club did was they removed the FOMO ramp, 0 0.08 for every NFT. That was a huge dynamic shift. Then. They also added the whole aspect of being able to join a community of like-minded individuals 
the, the apes mm-hmm. and having a section in their discord and then also on their website where you can only access that that section if you had an ape in your wallet so those were that was kind of like the premise of the board ape yacht club when they made it and it, it's now just gained so much notoriety as well because so many people have joined it since i joined Lamelo ball has joined des bryant has joined uh this guy uh Manakis, he's a Denver Broncos football player. That's cool. No, there's more. There's more people. There, uh, Steph Curry just joined the other day, and there's more. So each person has um an ape. An ape is the is like having the membership. It's like having the pin or the card that gives you the access to a certain club. So then, for being a member to the club, uh, you are entitled to benefits like uh receiving airdrops which is like when someone just the the club will just send something to your wallet so i've gotten a dog airdrop and uh a mutant ape airdrop so the dog and the ape and the mutant the dog is a companion to my ape the mutant is a tier two membership to the yacht club so they recently just basically created an additional it's i think right now at about sixteen thousand uh additional memberships to the club Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and they and they they sold out so they came out 4 months ago. They are now worth in secondary sales because of that 2% dynamic that I told you about. Every mm-hmm. time one resells they make a 2%. They've made a billion dollars. Yes, a billion or I think just under a billion. I think by the time anyone watches this, by the time, you know, anyone watches this in the future, yeah. it's well over a billion dollars they've made in 4 months. So I would be very, very surprised if a Bored Ape Yacht Club island is not in the works or already exists and they're just waiting for the announcement. Like the island, where you can only get to the island if right, you have an Right, if ape. you have an ape. Yes, exactly. And then it's going to keep growing yes. and growing and yes. growing. Yes. That's it already is. So for us cool. to be even, I mean, for you to even want to ask me that question is yeah. already so crazy. Like, it's a crazy space. That's yes. so cool. Um, I wanted to ask you, what is the risk of somebody like taking your stuff, like taking your, your ape? Okay. Yeah. You have a safe in your room or wherever you keep, there's three types of wallets. There's a a custodial wallet, which is when someone else holds your value for you. So this Mm -hmm. is like Coinbase or Robinhood. If you were to buy Bitcoin or Ethereum on Coinbase or Robinhood, you don't own your private keys, which is just a fancy way of saying the master key for your for your safe. You okay. don't own that if you use Coinbase or Robinhood. Then there are hot wallets, which are wallets that you own the, the master key, but when you generated that master key, that wallet was connected to the internet. So theoretically, there it's compromised your master key is compromised Mm -hmm. that's all you need and the master key is just 12 words it's like a a, it's a string of numbers that uh like if you were to download the wallet app and put in those 12 numbers on this computer it would show up and everything in your in your safe is there because that's the key to open the safe and you go to another computer you put those same numbers you open the safe right it's the it's the way to access your value is that string of numbers which is represented by uh, different wallets with 12 words. So then when you're using a hot, a hot wallet like MetaMask, 
when you generate those 12 words, you were connected to the internet because it's on your computer and it's safe. It's relatively safe, but it's not the most secure way. Then comes in the cold wallets. That is a little, it looks like a USB, it's okay. a little device and it'll generate the 12 words on there. So it's a physical thing. It's a physical you device. Hold on your hand. Yeah. And it looks literally like a USB. I would, wow. brought, I would have brought mine to show you. And it was like, and it generates the 12 words and on, on there, instead of being connected to the internet, like your hot wallet on your computer, it generates the 12 words there. You write it on a piece of paper. You don't put it on your phone. You don't take pictures of it because you don't want it anywhere mm-hmm. digitally. That's why you bought it. And then, I see. So that's like, that right there is like the safest way because you have the hardware wallet and then you have the 12 words written on a physical piece of paper. You fold it, you put it in a safe, you make multiple copies of it. You give one to your grandma and whatever. Yeah. You put them away. Old and, school. Old school. And, well, it's not old school. That is the proper way of doing it because this That's is true. this is the what bitcoin and, and 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 ethereum was made to do like so that you can own your assets you're not giving out your there's no middleman there's no bank involved right you exactly. are your bank you're the safe all you need is those 12 words or that string of numbers and that's how you open that up now it generates it the first time and then after you set a password so that you don't have to type in 12 words every single time mm-hmm. but you lose that little usb stick you buy another one, you put the 12 words, and you're back in. Okay. So then this, the security aspect, how easy it is, is it for someone to just take everything you have? In Coinbase and Robinhood, near zero, you would probably have to send it to someone. You would have to mm. get scammed and you would have to send it to someone. In most cases, I would say it's user error. It's, it's right. you actually did, you, you made an error that you compromised the security of your, of your assets. Right. On Coinbase and Robinhood level, you literally sent it to them. Robinhood, you can't really send those assets yet, I think. So you don't really have to worry. But on Coinbase, like someone says, oh, send me one Ethereum so I can send you five. Well, then I'm sorry, but natural selection has run its course. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I, it's very likely zero if you're on a custodial thing that you could get compromised unless you literally send it Mm -hmm. to someone. Then if you're on a hot wallet, there is where if you download a virus or something happens, you click on a link that you're not supposed to. This is why you don't click links. You don't answer DMs. You don't trust. You always verify. You don't click any links. You don't download any documents. You, especially not on the same computer that you have uh, these wallets connected to. You don't like it's, it's, you know, it depends what the level of, you know, everyone's a target because it's not necessarily easier, but it's such a new technology that it's easier to make people fall for things because mm-hmm. everything's so new. So there's links, click here, do this, do that. And like, sometimes it's like some clever things that some people, you know, as knowledgeable as you are there, I've seen stories that they just fall for it because you're in the moment, you don't right. understand it. Everything's new. So I don't even remember where I was going with so oh, don't trust, always verify. Don't trust, always verify. And that's on a hot wallet. So you get a virus and, mm-hmm. and you download something you're not supposed to and you could compromise the key, which is saved cash somewhere on your computer because it was generated on your computer. So you have a computer that handles all this stuff and should you use that computer only for that? Um, oh, that's what I was going to say. It you know it depends on the level of value that you have connected to your wallets 
but the best operation security would always be to do that because you don't have like you buy you put a hundred dollars into some token that you have hope for seven years from now now mm-hmm. but then seven years from now that hundred dollars could be like twenty five thousand over right. twenty five thousand like more depending on like where you put your money so it's just better to practice that level of operation security from the get go so that you don't have to stay up thinking late at night whether you're going to wake up and your assets aren't going to be in your wallet and then right sometimes like you just leave your computer on it downloads a virus yeah things happen and, and boom everything's gone because they they got to the 12 words that were stored on your on your computer so that's a hot wallet then the the the, the 12 then the the cold wallet is near impossible but that's why it's more likely like i've seen some recent stories happening of the hardware wallet because people think that just because it's a hardware wallet that it's like it is more secure mm-hmm. but it's only as secure as you handle the the security aspect of it like like you might let your guard down around things concerning your hardware wallet because you think it's safer on there but like you know you click yes 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 a couple times in the wrong places and and your stuff is wiped as well so again and if it's gone like let's say it's one gone. of those horror it's gone oh, shit. no it's gone yeah, there's the no way of getting that back. Uh, depending on what you're you talking about, you can't call someone and be like, "Help me." So, so if if let's say you have one Ethereum and so so I don't even want to talk about my JPEG. So let's talk about a hypothetical yeah. person has a, a frog picture in there as an NFT, mm-hmm. and that frog picture is worth twenty five thousand dollars, and that frog picture, they give up their they somehow compromise the 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 security of their hot wallet and the 12 words are read by a hacker and they're able to siphon off the picture of that that frog into another one. They sell it for the 25K, boom, it's on the secondary market. It's out into the blockchain. The only thing that you can do is, is reach out to OpenSea and some of the centralized uh, NFT marketplaces so that they can block that NFT from being sold and mm-hmm. in some cases, the NFT community will give you back what you have or, you know, because they'll feel bad. And some people, right. some when you're dealing with like these large amounts of money, like, I mean, like, I don't know, some people are in different situations, but some people are like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I would do. It, de- it depends the situation, but I've seen like stories where like you lose your NFT and then it's sold on the secondary market and then. The thief made his money and he's off into the mid, like into the night. But then the person that bought it actually just gives back the NFT for no money, just because that's like what, yeah. And we're talking about like and they lost their money twenty five thousand more than twenty five. We're talking about like fifty thousand dollars more. That's a good person. Well, those are well, and that's what is amazing about this community is like that's why, that's why wow. we exist. Because, that's impressive. Because it's what it's what, and I'm not saying it's going to be every case. So I'm saying it's. It's probably unlikely. no, but the fact that it has happened, it though, has happened. It it's has impressive, happened. and it's not like like laughable sums of money. Like we're talking about like tens of yeah. thousands of dollars worth of yeah. It's not a hundred bucks. No, 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 no. We're talking about like a lot of money, and like like I like one of the, what, what, like it's crazy because like I, I I would say like oh some of my fr- like friends what I would consider friends in this world in in the NFT world that I don't even know if their name on twitter is their actual name but i know them as their monkey profile picture Mm -hmm. and like one of them like one of my first interactions with him was because he had his uh wallet was compromised he fell for a scam or clicked a link or something happened to his wallet we're talking about like life 
his life savings drained like oh, crazy stuff bro i mean like that's the thing about the nft community like they came together he minted an nft people bought the nft to give him some starting funds and then by buying and selling nfts has literally worked his way up more like through like wow like this world and it's like this life-changing stuff it's like i see it every day like life-changing for me yeah sure but again i like i i, I it's not about the money for me but that but seeing how it changes people's mm-hmm. lives is what like is so amazing to see because like my life has changed I wouldn't necessarily say say like some amazing change. It's just giving me more breathing room, mm-hmm. right? Because I already saw myself being successful like that. This is, if anything, like a stone in the path on that way. Yeah. And and it, it, if it, maybe it's elevated me a bit more. But again, it's the conviction of being able to see what was going on and 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 saying yes, I want to go into this project, the Board Ape Yacht Club, because I see what's being built here. And like, when you say like, you're talking to me and I'm like, oh, I'm making all these points. It's like everyone in the space is thinking like this. Like, like, and that's why I'm saying it's like, I finally yeah. found like, like you found your tribe. No, no, it's, it's, it's unreal. And like, then it's like the things that we talk about, like in that space is just like, it's like, yes, it's, it's a really amazing community for people who, who have felt like, who have felt more connected to mm-hmm. like each other like throughout life and understanding that there's like a bigger purpose and like a collective thing being worked on right that's like what i that's what this is i think that's what like how i what how i can best describe the feeling of community it's like being in a like in a club that it's it's being in a club in the board ape yacht club and not just the board ape yacht club because i think this this is and when i say the the first thing you look at is aesthetics does mm-hmm. it look good the second thing you look at is the community and the and the project's roadmap where is this community what are they doing where are they going from here how can i help and how will they help me right so that's what i saw analyze the board ape yacht club and then after that is the authentic authenticity authenticity of it mm-hmm. how much authenticity will i generate for myself by joining this tribe now Joining the Board Ape Yacht Club now is like an instant like elevation. Back when I joined, it it it, it was, but not the level of nor- notoriety that right. it's gotten to now, right? So there's going to be other NFTs that have that as well. But then after the authenticity, it's the then the last thing that you look at is the return on investment. Like how how will this be a good financial investment? Or I personally don't look at it like that at all, but. Because you do, then I would say that's probably the last thing that you consider. Because as a brand and as a business or organization or influencer, individual, sometimes the return on investment is baked into the transaction of just getting into the NFT space and changing your profile picture to a certain NFT, Mm -hmm. right? Because you join the Crypto Puncture, you join the Board Ape Yacht Club, and immediately you're in this club of all these like-minded individuals like Arizona Ice-T bought an ape the other day. They, wow. they aped in. I am now an Arizona iced tea fan for life. I already was, but now it's like, why would I drink any tea that's not Arizona iced tea? As an ape, right? right? Not just as an ape, but then also as just an enthusiast in the NFT space. What are they? And, and the great thing about the apes is you own the intellectual property to my, to like I own my ape and mm-hmm. it's intellectual property. It's actually right here. This is my ape. So yeah. I own, I can make stickers. I can put him on t-shirts. I can put him on any... 
Uh, so your ape in itself is is a brand. Is a, is a right. It's an entity besides Within the group a that he exactly exactly. So yeah. think about when one of them hits the Mickey sphere of being a household name, mm-hmm. like when Arizona Ice Tea shows up and. You go to 7-Eleven and there's an ape on an Arizona iced tea and it becomes a, a, a common thing that you see. The entire collection grows in value, right? As right. Uh, everyone gets elevated with that because now it's reaching mainstream, mainstream, mainstream. Right now, they're at auction. Being uh, There's a lot of 101 of the apes and 101 of the dogs being auctioned off at Sotheby's in... Uh, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and there and there's going to be four of that four apes that are going to be auctioned off at Christie's September 17th in Hong Kong, the art house. So it's like, if I were to print my ape and put him on a T-shirt, that that T-shirt has a piece of art from a collection of art that is approved by literally the biggest art collection collectors and art houses in the world. So it's like okay. instant value. And then, what's crazy to think about is like when the mickey and it reaches the mickey level Mm -hmm. right when netflix makes a show and there's an ape in the show that's a main character and that ape starts showing up everywhere across merchandising and across and 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 just in mainstream culture that's when the real value so then not that you ask but for my ape i'm creating a brand around the ape his Mm -hmm. name is florida man his 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 name and like a story around it right because these are the things that you have to create to create more value, not just for yourself, but then this is where I say, how can you bring value to the community, right? Because I'm into like uh, content creation and, and video making and, and storytelling and these things. So how can I u- apply my skills to my ape to then create a story around my ape and like a brand and identity around him to then create value the same way that 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 you would do for any other brand, but for your ape. So then my ape, I have a Twitter for him and we just crossed like 2,500 followers like yesterday or the day before, or I think we might just cross it now. We're somewhere in the 2,500 range and it, we've gone pretty fast, like really fast. That started like midway through June and I'm building a community of people right. who, who like Florida, man. Like that's the name that's of my so name cool. because I own the domain. So like if you were going to get into NFTs, there's a couple projects that I would get, that I would recommend. And one of them would be ENS and Ethereum name services which is basically like a .com, but a .eth. So like if you wanted to send me $5 of Ethereum, you could send it to mrcobus.eth, or you could send it to floridaman.eth, or bancuano.eth, or cafeconleche.eth. And <laughs> buying up these names, no, but buying up these I names. I love it. Yeah, but buying up these names is like buying up, imagine owning cafeconleche.com. That's, Or like pastelito.com, yeah. or guayabera.com. Right. Something, that's what the ENS domain. So I bought floridaman.eth, and I just thought it was funny. And then I kind of embody the spirit of like, shut up, like, don't tell me what to do. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like what Florida Man is. So then I thought it'd be funny in 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 that art world of like, oh, the fanciness and all that, there's one of the monkeys is just not a degenerate, but he embodies <laughs> the spirit of Florida Man. So, you know, like the, the, there's an NFT that I'm working on that it's like that the it's like a custom made for the front page cover of the of like a newspaper from the day that Florida man eats that woman's face on the expressway, oh, which is, I think, where we went viral. Yes. Yeah, so then with my ape on it and, like, the, the, their stuff. So that, that would be, like, building a story around my ape and, and adding layers of, like, story to him. 
That and then is so the brand, cool. all the everything I tweet is in the spirit of I don't give a fuck what you think. Like this is Florida, man. Sorry for cursing, but no, I mean yes. it, 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 it exemplifies it perfectly. That's, yes, that's amazing. Um, what about if somebody takes the image of your ape? Okay, and like so you're talking about what say, just happened the other day. Yeah, it or you know to take it even further. Like, let's say I put your ape on my mug. Well, you're what more happens? than welcome to do that. Really? Yeah. Well, you yourself. Oh no! I just. <laughs> yeah, it gets into the the realm of questioning of like, how open source, right? Because let's let's compare two projects because this mm-hmm. is a great topic. The CryptoPunks, which were the first ever profile picture, and you've probably seen them. They're like the eight bit digital like profile picture. Regardless. The owners of those NFTs don't own the intellectual property to that image. The ape owners own the intellectual property to the to the ape images. So already there's a distinct like valuation creation thing. Something is different about these two projects, which is one reason that the board apes are so popular is because I own my ape. So I could run and do a million right. or whatever I want with my ape. And that's what everyone's doing. So it's just like all these massive storylines are being built and everything is being built in the ape world versus Larva Labs owns the entire collection of this 10,000. These are the most popular. They're mm-hmm. the most sought after. This is like buying a... This is a bank, like, I don't even know how to compare the two. They're just so vastly different. But but the, these are controlled, the intellectual properties controlled by the creator of the collection versus this one. The creator of the collection basically sold you the rights to each individual ape when you bought it. Right, and now you have creative control. I have creative control, and so and and so that's what I'm doing. I'm sorry. What was the question? I'm sorry. We were talking about like what happens when somebody oh, takes, when like if I put ape, your yes. ape on my mug. Yeah. So you are you can have permission to do that, right? So and oh, for the most you. part, yeah. For the most part, I think people. Uh, that's it's like a great question because it's like it just happened the other day. I someone, I saw that. Yeah. That's why I'm asking yeah, you because so, I I never thought that someone would actually do that. Yes. But then again, I'm a little naive when it comes to that stuff. Here's the thing. It's very simple to see who actually owns something or not because you can literally just go to opensea.io/mrcobus and see that my wallet contains mm-hmm. Board Ape 2417, right? So if someone so so basically to, to fill in the, the listeners, what happened was I get a text message and they're like, hey, someone's using your ape as their profile picture, which I just thought was hilarious that they would actually go out of their way to send me a message saying like, hey, someone is using your thing without, right? So, right, so without your consent. Without your consent. So I thought that was funny that, that it's like we're leaving, we're, we're leaving the stratosphere. <laughs> like we're entering like this whole crazy world where it's like, so then... I immediately, as Florida man, go to him and I'm like, hey, bro, uh, any specific reason you're using this, uh, pro- uh, my ape as your profile picture? And then he gives me, he's like, hey, Javi, uh, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Like, <laughs> like, dude, like, what are you talking about? So then, bro, basically he, tell, he tries to tell me, bro, as far as my understanding, you own the certification of the image, not the image itself. And I'm like, dude, I don't even know what that means. Just... Like, and he was like, I'll, I'll delete it out of respect to you. While he was sending me this, I was already in the process because I'm extra like this of filing the actual, like I was on the Facebook support page, filling out the uh, DMCA strike notice or takedown notice 
Okay. Because it is intellectual property that he owns. Right. I own the intellectual property. And it was actually that interaction that I already had a huge following on Twitter and like presence on Twitter. So mm-hmm. then I started building out the Instagram one because it's easier to report. Like you just say it's someone I know and then you tag, oh, it's, it's, they're pretending to be bored eight twenty four seventeen. It's easier mm-hmm. to do it that way versus having to go onto the Facebook page and, and file like a manual DM, DMCA strike notice. We could have all just spam reported, hey, he's pretending to be this other account. But right. my ape didn't have an account at that point. So there was nowhere to say there's someone else who's trying to be them. But yeah, I mean, they can't pretend to be me that unless I give them permission. Right. So, so there is protocol protecting you. If someone were to take your ape and well, like put it on a mug, you can you can say, like, I mean, like, here's the thing. That. Here's the thing. If my ape were to get like, that's the thing. If the apes were to get so popular. Yes. I mean, yes. To answer your question. Yes. OK. Now, if they were to get so popular. If Florida man, the only way I see that happening is like if Florida man becomes so popular. That then. At, at, at Budguero, I made a comic book. Okay. No, 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 I'm serious. The, I made a comic book with my ape, and he was wearing some guayabera. Not a guayabera, but he was wearing, like, some Cuban, like, he was in the field, and he was, smoke, like, picking cigars. And there's an image of that. Mm-hmm. And then at the Budguero, they get that image, and they print it on T-shirts, like they do to Mickey Mouse and SpongeBob at Chinatown and all that stuff. So it's like, that can never be avoided. That, if right. anything... It would compromise the brand because it would be like, oh, this isn't like at the highest quality standard that I would probably mm-hmm. want for for the type of products that that would be produced at that level, given we get there. But then also it is building value because it's like more eyeballs are on the apes and all the, these things are happening. So again, if that were to happen, then it's probably I already have some level of success and Florida man himself has some notoriety within like the within like enough notoriety to make people want to print him on bootlegged uh, shirts and cups and stuff so right that's super cool right so why why else would it get to that point unless you yourself wanted to make a shirt and like and put uh i mean i'll do it yeah i like florida man i think he's super cool (laughs) (laughs) yes florida man is really cool i actually well i don't know if you've seen the derivative i put like mickey mouse ears on him and he's holding like a a popsicle from like disney like a mickey mouse popsicle. i haven't seen that one yeah yeah no it's 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 good i'll post it on on instagram i'll send it to you after that's probably why i haven't seen it yes because you haven't posted it on there yes that is super super cool so would you say people can make a living this make way a living yeah people can make lifetimes hmm yes no uh it's a lot to consider well no yes again people are being we are melting the faces of of haters we the energy that what does that mean i feel like that should be a quote on a shirt or something we're melting the faces of haters yes the energy sounds deep yeah yeah how we the the energy that's being used to build the metaverse is that the hatred and the doubt trying to be cast by the haters the more they doubt the more we build and that's why more and more we build more and and we, I say we, it's like I'm only, I've only, I've, I've been in NFTs for since June and I've been in crypto since 2017, but there's people that have been in this world since like, like I remember in high school at Gables mm-hmm. in TOK, this kid gives a presentation on Bitcoin and why Bitcoin will be the biggest thing in the world and why we should all consider mining Bitcoin and why it's going to be big. And I will never forget sitting in that TOK class and <laughs> thinking, hey, this is pretty cool, but I'm too lazy. 
I'm too. I literally remember thinking, "This is too boring. I this is too, this is too much. I'll probably regret this later." And it's probably now, like Vujade remembering what happens already, like remembering something that happens in the future. It's probably me, all this time now in the future, thinking back to that moment and thinking, "Javi, should have just paid attention." You were at a crossroads. I was at a crossroads, and you were not paying attention. I was not paying attention back then. No, my third eye was not was not open at all. Yeah. At that moment, I, I was not. I did not, and I remember even. I think I was even sitting for some reason at the beginning, at the front of the class. I don't remember. I was either sitting all the way at the back at my seat or at the front of the class that day. I think I was actually sitting at the front left, and I remember looking at it, mm-hmm. this, the projector right there, and, and literally thinking like, "I'm on my iPad or something, like playing a game." I'm like, "It's too much." Oh my god, Bitcoin. that's so interesting, yes. right? How those experiences happen, and sometimes you're aware enough in the moment to go. This is probably important, but uh, yes. I can't. Yes, you can't say something or do something or act in a certain way. And then it's like, do you that? Yeah, I mean, we could get into the question of like, is this a video game or not? But and then you mean life? Yeah, life. And that's what the metaverse every day exploring NFTs yeah. and more and more. It's like we get more into the whole gamification of life. And it's like we're just getting more and more into like video life is a video game we just haven't fully technology hasn't been able to fully like embrace right we haven't been able to fully develop everything that's been needed to fully gamify every single aspect of everything mm-hmm. like oh like you're on google maps and you turn and, it, and and normally you just keep going down bird road and you turn left on 67th to go down to 24th but this time Google Maps is telling you to turn right and to take another route because you'll gain some experience points because then what you're actually Google Maps is like Google Maps or whatever mapping service AI is doing this would then like you turn right and you gain 500 experience because now all the traffic jam because there's an accident over here and so it's diverting everyone into do a loop that will take an extra 30 seconds so that a truck can come down and be able to replace that faster but because everyone everything is gamified and you're gaining these things you're not thinking about like oh it'll just be faster if i turn left and then i could just do and you're not thinking for yourself you're just being fed what to do and how to do it for mm-hmm. the 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 benefit of gaining these experience tokens or 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 whatever it is that you're yeah. going to gain for completing the mission that you're being assigned to at that moment like little we're li- Someone could say we're already doing that, which is just not as fast and as optimal and as efficient as it could be. And that's why I say technology just hasn't fully been, we haven't been right. able to fully embrace it. So do you think that's dangerous? What? You think is it dangerous? dangerous? I mean, I think it's inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so. But is there a way to go about it that would cause the least damage? I think everyone should buy property and the property bitcoin and self-defense tools i think that's what everyone should do and focus on building yourself i agree with you i'm not laughing because i think it's funny i'm just laughing because the way you put it yes it sounds like you're being um what no i'm just being realistic right i was gonna say if someone doesn't know you it sounds like you're being sarcastic but you're being super realistic oh no i'm being serious no i know it sounds like i'm being sarcastic well (laughs) you're not i'm not but then that's also like i find it amusing because it is so serious right you're able to see the truth in it right Mm -hmm. versus like oh someone could see that it's a joke it's like it's not a joke you need to buy property you need to move in 
be able to defend your property. Mm -hmm. And then the only way to store value in a, in, in the best way to store value right now is Bitcoin. And I say Bitcoin, maybe soon that will be replaced by Ethereum or some hard assets. Right. But for the meme, it's uh, property, Bitcoin, and we're on a podcast. So I'll say self-defense tools, but usually I say another word. <laughs> I think we get it. Yes. I, you can say it. Freedom of speech. Yes. Why, why not? Yes. Freedom of speech. Yeah. If, if there's one that we stand for here, it's yeah. that one. You can say whatever you need to yes. say. Well, that's, a, that's also the beauty of the decentralization. You won't have to worry about censorship and I won't have to worry about using these euphemisms for these words that mm -hmm. it's, it actually just makes it harder for people who aren't educated to understand what you're saying because you have to learn these other things and to like so many extra right. layers. The smoke screen is only being thickened yeah. by censorship. It's not being improved. Exactly. Because even if you're educated, when you... When you have to manipulate language to such a level. Yeah, to get an idea across, it's just not effective. It, it's right. Not. It's not effective. And it just creates this other whole set of psychological uh, relationships that you have with ideas that become futile. Yes. And it's, it's a big problem. Yes. When there's a certain group of words that you can't say together because it represents something that someone else deems bad, mm -hmm. who are they to deem something bad or not? That's oh, a so, big question. Yeah, so then in in the NFT world, you don't have to worry about this because it's all stored on the blockchain and we don't have to worry about censorship. We don't have to worry about being taken down. Odyssey.com, Library TV, like wow. these YouTube alternatives, you upload the video and they're stored on the interplanetary file system, right? It's a decentralized AWS, Amazon Web Services. We don't have to worry about... Uh, the. We don't have to worry about oppressive regimes coming in and deleting your content because you say something that goes against what they want hmm yes That's... we don't have to worry about these things anymore well we still have to worry about them in the moment but again the space is being built by the energy of the doubters and the haters and so the more you say no it can never work you will always be under our control the more we say no we will resist and we will not comply and we will keep building and we will win because we already did we're just living it now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, what? How? Where can you pinpoint someone that's uh, very new to all this and they want to? They're interested. They want to get started. What would be like a, the easiest starting point for them? Yeah. So if you're saying Bitcoin and Ethereum, like blockchain and crypto, mm -hmm. there's probably there's probably 48 to 96 hours of research and learning to do. Yeah, it's before, overwhelming. Yeah, no, it's it's very overwhelming. That's probably the amount before you get to like a place where you're like, okay, I can conversate about this. And would you ever consider doing like workshops for beginners? It's it's that I'm not even the most in. I'm not even the most well versed or the the best teacher in these things. Like I, I'm a big believer in just YouTube. It. I'm not even joking. Like yeah. right now, you're watching this right now. Open a new tab and type in, what is Bitcoin? And there's mm -hmm. fifty thousand documentaries, an hour long each, that all sum up the Bitcoin history in a thousand different ways. And each of those thousand different ways, a thousand times better than I could have possibly done it. So if you're interested, I would I would say just. Whatever it is that you heard me talk about, just type it into YouTube and say, what is this? 
Like what is right. NFTs? What or what are and start NFTs? There. How to make an NFT? How to mint an NFT? Like these questions, you just type them into Google. So it's like with the like, you have to want to research, and mm-hmm. that's why it's like when I consider myself a communications research, I was able, a researcher. I was able to find these things because I was looking for these things anyway, because I was I'm always constantly on YouTube, and like while I hate reading, and I can't stand like reading like a long format like book. I, I like I'll watch a three hour video at two times speed and I'll watch that three hour video in, in an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I watch everything at two times speed. So like a 10 minute video becomes five minutes for me. So in wow. 30 minutes, I can consume six five minute videos or six 10 minute videos because they're each sped up to five minutes each. Mm-hmm. So I just sit there and I just consume content, consume content, consume content. And primarily on YouTube and TikTok is like, TikTok's like not educative enough in the space, yeah. I think. So YouTube is really where I would go to look for the long format educational content. Twitter is good for the community aspect, seeing where people are engaged. And if you do not have Discord, uh, it's a it's like a voice messaging app. The best way I could describe it is like kind of like Facebook pages on steroids, not Facebook, Facebook groups on steroids where you can join groups and inside the groups they have voice channels and uh, video channels where you could like voice and call and like text channels and like different channels for different announcements and different uh, topics. Mm -hmm. So Discord, so usually when you find a project, so usually it'll be you find a project on Twitter. And now again, if you're getting into the space from zero knowledge whatsoever, you need to literally spend either 48 to 96 hours on Bitcoin and Ethereum and blockchain or 48 to 96 hours on NFTs. Ideally, you spend it first on Bitcoin and Ethereum and you understand the technological aspects and why mm-hmm. financially this is going to be so big. And then you spend time researching how artists and creators have adopted the technology for their marketplaces and what they do for what they create. Right. Have you been able to get like older generation, like your parents involved? In crypto, yes. In crypto, yes, because I think it's easier for them to understand the concept of hedging against inflation and the concept of like a digital gold or like a digital silver. I think that's easier for them to grasp somewhat. Mm -hmm. I mean, after seeing my slim success or my somewhat success, they, it becomes inevitable, right? right? I mean, it's like, right? Yeah, because they like, see it works. No, no, it's, it's exactly. They can't deny that it works. So they obviously have their feet wet somewhat, but they're always skeptical and they because you naturally you don't understand it. Like mm-hmm. so, yeah. I mean, them. The oldest I've gotten is like, yeah, like a fifty-five. Yeah, he's my yeah. We work together, and so they, like people I work with, my friends of mine are easier to get into this, but the older generation has become more open to it, I think. Now, when we get into the boomer, the actual boomer generation, that is like closed off somewhat. My aunt is the only one that she's like, she understands it and she's like, she's gotten into it somewhat, but like, it's only because like my sister and I have forced her hand into it. Like, it's not because she like has wanted to do it out of her own like will. But she'll, then she'll send me like uh, articles about like uh, Bitcoin and, and, and stuff like rumors about like China and like why they like all the all the fear uncertainty uh, fear uncertainty and doubt it's a term uh FUD FUD and it stands for fear uncertainty and doubt she'll send me all the FUD like that gets to the surface level of the mainstream 
and she'll start sending me those articles. But it's 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 really cool to see. Yeah, it's really cool to onboard people. And again, the onboarding is it's 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 a delicate situation because you don't want to, for people to come in and get wrecked and then have yeah. a bad taste in their, in their mouth. So that's why I always say first thing you look at is aesthetics and then community and then the authenticity aspect and then you think about the return on investment because normally those three things first will determine whether or not the return on investment will be there. But coming into it saying like, oh, I want to just throw in uh, uh, $1,500 and like like 15 exit in like a month because I saw that these the, these things did it and like blah, blah. And it's like this space is going to welcome you. It's going to take your money, leave you wrecked, and then you're not – you've gained nothing. You've contributed nothing. Like you've just wasted your time and your money. So – if you're coming into the space, you, sh you should be coming in with a mentality of how can I build from, around, or evolve what is already exists. So when, again, this is, we're talking about like probably over 100 hours after the researching aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So if you start right now and this airs whenever this airs, then you probably, you, you probably have like a week. Within a week and a half, you should have a good grasp of... Bitcoin and Ethereum, two weeks. And then within a month to two months, you should already have a good grasp of NFTs. If you don't have a good grasp of NFTs seven weeks from now, then you just either didn't care, which is okay, that's fine. Or you just didn't do a good enough job, which is just something to consider. I mean, right. you're probably not watching this right now, but it, like people like people who people who are listening to this, you need to like stick through. I mean, like there's highs and there's lows. Like we just went through a really high high in the NFT marketplace. Like, like, like we're talking about like mind blowing numbers were being shown daily, hourly, like multiple times an hour, mind blowing numbers. And we just hit like a kind of like, we call it like, like, like a little lull period in it where people now the paper hands are showing. So paper hands and diamond hands, you know that one? Mm -mm. So diamond hands is people who have diamond hands, hardened hands who don't let go of the bag. They keep carrying the bag. They don't sell. Okay. They're holding the bag. They're, they're diamond hands. Then there's paper hands. The moment they see those dollar signs either go up or down, they're paper hands. They let they sell. go. They let go. They paper hand. So it's interesting. So now that there's a lull, the numbers aren't these crazy hourly minute like numbers. Boom. The paper hands are showing. And so everything starts dropping, 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 dropping until like we see that just like the evaluation for these things is like too low. So I can't do it anymore, but other whales come in and they start buying up the floor, buying up the floor, and it rises because they know it's like in the Board Ape Yacht Club, like it's a, it is it's a seven figure club. It's 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 going to be a multi. It's going to cost more than a million dollars to join the club. In, That's insane. In less than ten years. That's Why? amazing. Because of the network that has been created in the club, the right. the the people who are in the club, early were the people building everything in the mm -hmm. space. So not only they're huge in that regard, but then the people coming in now, when the cheapest membership is almost is like over a hundred grand, the people coming in now are only those boulders. So then only the players coming in, the network is now only it's impossible for the network to get weaker. It's only going to get stronger and stronger. And so this isn't a network like of a like a Bitcoin security aspect. This is like a social network right. aspect, like tied into that. So it's like being able to verify that you it's kind of like being in a frat. It's it's like 
you assign you're in the board API club, the BAYC instead yeah, it's of a being community. It's 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 the community, and that community is there. I don't, I don't even know where. How do, how did we get back? How there? did we get here? <laughs> I don't know, but this is super super interesting. I think we were talking about um, if you're a very, like a beginner beginner. Oh, to get in. Yeah. Yeah. So do your research. So right. what I was saying. Oh, the authentic uh, authenticity. I don't. I don't. But but if you're a beginner, then you're not looking at the board ape yacht club. But the board ape yacht club is what these other communities, and it's what you should aspire. So like what they mm -hmm. did to build from what they had where there was the 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 FOMO ramp the like the Board Ape Yacht Club took a week to sell out a week to sell out the 10,000 memberships we have projects launched today that that sell out in 5 minutes wow yeah i mean i'm not saying cuz that's like oh look how much money they made instantly but it's like it's a scary time because like things could just disappear and mm -hmm. and, and and anonymous teams could just disappear overnight and there could be code written in that a certain NFT just goes to zero, vanishes. The team vanishes overnight. And we've seen it happen. So what happens to your money? Well, it's not that anything happens to your money. You've you've already spent your money. Now, the team that was supposed to deliver something or not. Because, right? Because some are like, literally buy this buy this uh, flower and it means nothing. It's just a flower. Mm -hmm. You don't. You just buy the flower because you like it or you like the art style or something. It's not because like there's anything being associated to it. So some projects are like, are like this. So they see... So people will see, oh, the Board Ape Yacht Club is the number two, the number two NFT project in the world. Like, I need to get on the next uh, one. Like, oh, this one's only point zero one. This one's only hundred fifty dollars to join. I can just buy like five of these, and and it'll go because look, these are the, these are the 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 penguins or the the other things. And so, oh, and I'm gonna get some. I don't even want to name <laughs> like actual animals because now I know the pudgies are like in the in the comments. So it's like, the. There's another animal and it's like, oh, and so everyone jumps into this animal and then they jump into the other animal and then mm -hmm. other people jump and, and there's only 200,000 wallets connected to OpenSea, 200,000. So it's like, it's, a, it's not a lot of people in the space. So it's like people are jumping into one project then jumping into another and then literally get, you know, and there probably will be some value in, I, I'm just saying, do your own research. There, there, there yeah. might be some value in owning some of the projects from this era, like the oh, the crazy, the gold rush, like mm -hmm. because right now there's the, like the historical aspect of what's being created. It's like being able to own one of the nuggets from the California gold rush, certified by one of the certain print shops of the thing, right? Because like, like what like Gary V says about this space, it's like being able to buy an NFT now is like being able to buy like a cave drawing. Right, because it's like the technology is being developed right now, right. and the art is being created now using yeah. the technology. It's not you're not just buying the first Ferrari ever; you're being bought the you're buying one of the first cars that ever. Ford, exists. right? Well, Ford was well, the first car. Well, yeah, the you're buying one of the first Fords ever, like one of the first Model 10, 000, T. The Model Ts, or again, like you're crowdsourcing one of the first. Uh, Superman comics, like the first Superman series, your crowdfunding, and now all the characters that were that are going to be in that Punks comic to to bring it back to that the Punks comic, all the characters that are going to be in that are randomly generated through code and then airdropped. So literally, the characters in the comics will be owned by the people who funded the comic. They will own like imagine owning the first ever official first ever, and when I say the first, I literally mean the first image of Superman. The very first one. That's 
that exists right now. It's being it's being it, it, it was given out to people in not the Superman version, but the Punk's comic. Uh, I think they're called the Meta Heroes version of that is is happening right now. It's gonna it, it it will be huge, and it will be more huge when AR and VR comes out. And so, like right above your head, it says your name with whatever tagline you put, and maybe your little avatar is showing. So when you're walking down the street and you're walking down Miracle Mile. And across the street, I'm walking down, I'm walking down the street with my glasses mm-hmm. on, and I have the Pokemon Go app open. And so above my head, it says I'm level 28 uh, in Pokemon Go, and I'm available to battle. And so then you could select, oh, request battle. So then I'm walking, and then it says, oh, uh, Jenny would like to battle. Accept the battle, and I click no. But then it's like the meme in Pokemon. It's like you can't say no to another trainer who, a trainer who wants a battle. So you could click no, and then it. You literally battle in the street in AR. Right. That's, I mean, that's the future that we're headed towards. It's undeniable. I know there's people that think this is crazy, but this is happening in the next 10 years. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you like sci-fi? Well, I mean, like, it's not, well, it's sci-fi. I mean, yeah, sure. Yes, it's cool. Yeah, but you're, like, you don't read sci-fi or anything like that? I watch sci-fi like Rick and Morty. Again, I'm not, I'm not a reader. I'm not right. a reader like that. Yeah. So the extent of text and writing about sci-fi, like, so like, again, academia, mm-hmm. the crossroads of everything like NFTs. So it's like when I, when I graduated in my under, uh, undergrad, my independent study was about, uh, it was about the digital world and I, it was, uh, independent, independent study on aesthetics and whether or not there could exist a public digital world. Like, could the digital, could the digital realm, could there be public spaces mm-hmm. in a digital world? And so back then, uh, it was argued, it's like, like, uh, back then it was like much harder to see what was going on because there was no way, like, there were, at least from what I could see, at the time, there was no clear way. And now looking back there, like I could have written like so much about NFTs and, and, and Ethereum in when I was writing that paper. But back then it was it was harder to see how it would happen. And I kind of knew blockchain and like Bitcoin, Ethereum and the stuff would, would play into it, but I didn't really see it. Now it's much easier to see, oh yeah, of course it could be public digital spaces because the public digital spaces would just be on the blockchain and you would own the property through the blockchain and and these things it would be much easier to argue because back then the argument was like about the argument was someone was trying to say because the first ar the first the first cases of ar were pokemon go and snapchat filters and one of the very first ones was jeff coons do you know jeff coons the Mm -hmm. artist the balloon dogs Mm -hmm. so the balloon dogs he did like a partnership partnership with snapchat and they went to central park and around the world, and you could point your Snapchat at the at the certain location, and you could walk around it, and everyone would be seeing the same balloon dog. Now, was that space public? Was that digital space public? That was the the question, and and maybe not, maybe not that space, but then building on from that question, could there be digital public spaces? Right. And so, the argument was just really it was re- it was really long it was like 20 pages or whatever and it was basically like yeah of course there could be public digital spaces like just because something is privately owned doesn't make it a a, a, a it doesn't make it a a private space and i'm going to butcher this argument so javi from 2019 is probably cringing hard at javi <laughs> right now but uh, like 
there's the like the concept of a bank when you go into a bank and you go into it and there's art on the wall that art is defined in the art world as public art although it's held in a in a private and so the 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 real argument was whether art could public art could exist in a digital space that like was that was the nature of the argument i don't remember exactly but whether art could be considered public even mm -hmm. if it's in a, 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 a private digital space and so there was someone arguing no and i was arguing that yes they could because like one like in the bank like there that's a private space that is that has public art in it or vice versa and then like the vietnam veterans memorial uh i'm sorry i'm getting really this is like no, no, no. really off topic but basically people decide what is art and what is not art right absolutely yeah. and then people define what is public and what is private themselves. Just because something is in a private space doesn't mean it's private. There could be public things in a private sp space. The mm -hmm. Vietnam Veterans Memorial is on public property and it's a public monument and it's public considered public art for both sides because some people think it's public art, like think it's art because, oh, we're remembering all the fallen soldiers from Vietnam and blah, blah, blah. And then the other half thinks, no, this is art because look, this is literally why we shouldn't go to war. Look, we all these people died right. and, and for no reason. So both sides think there's art there and it's in a private space, but it's still considered public art versus yeah. there's there's this there's like a, a case that I that I talked about in Chicago where they remodeled a corner of a public piece of land and they did like this giant artwork on it with like the sidewalks doing all these loopy things. And it, uh, at the end of the day, people, instead of taking the sidewalks that the architects had like carving out for them, they started walking along the grass and you could see like paths of people that just didn't conform to what is considered public, what they tried to consider mm -hmm. public art, but people rejected it and made their own. So it could be considered, maybe there's an argument to consider it art because of like, look, humans never conform or, or whatever, but the actual trying to make, this is a public space and we're making public art, people rejected it completely versus we're making this private uh, memorial that's not supposed to be considered art. And then yet people said, yes, there, there can be art. So what this long tangent was supposed to, supposedly about was how, again, I'm always thinking about being on the edges of the metaverse. So I'm literally, in 2019 talking about it for my like independent study about mm -hmm. how digital spaces can be have public versions of them there could be private digital spaces but there can also be public digital right. spaces as well and now it's even easier to talk even easier to argue in favor of that like with games like sandbox and decentraland where you can literally buy digital property and right. Well, it's yours, you could choose to make it public. And the, they technically are public because you can go and visit Decentraland or uh, the the full open world version of Sandbox mm -hmm. isn't open yet, but you're going to go be able to and, and interact freely in those spaces. So they are public. They're Like no one can ban you from going to Decentraland.org unless they ban your specific wallet. And then all you have to do is make a new wallet and you could go back in. Or they block your phone and then you have to get a new phone. Or they block your entire ip address in your house right. so then you have to go to another location and do it but it's it's the same thing as like oh javi with long hair is a wanted individual and he cannot go to this specific uh place mm -hmm. right i get a haircut and then i could go oh but javi's bald now so he can't go here okay so i get a wig and i do these things to alter right. my you kind of 
you you shift depending yes. on on the needs. Yes. That's so so interesting. Yeah, the, that's like the whole public and and private digital spaces argument that I talked about in in my undergrad. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like I'm always at the edges of the of the metaverse. That's amazing. I'm always attempting to be yes. Yeah, and and I it that's probably why you've been able to succeed because you're trying to uh, be ahead of the curve. You're trying to be a thinking man, and at the end of the day, that's all you can do. Do you have any other future projects coming up that you want to share with us? Future projects? I would just say people should, uh, if people want to follow me, they could follow me, Mr. Kobas, M-R-C-O-B-A-S, mm -hmm. everywhere. And, we'll or, have it linked down below. Yeah, have it linked down below. You could also follow my ape, and I think it's probably way more interesting to follow him and see what he's up to <laughs> at Bored Ape 2417 everywhere so he's on instagram he's on right? instagram he's on twitter yeah I, uh those two right now yeah. he will be on youtube eventually and everything else and you will see lots of florida man content coming oh my god I made like i'm 200... so excited for yes, that no, I think it's, it's amazing it's gonna be crazy it will be That's, crazy well thank you so much yes. for for sharing and providing a glimpse into this whole different world that most of us are still trying to grasp our mind around yes if I, I get if I, one last message, yeah. let's together we can short the U.S. dollar. That's all by JPEGs. We can all short the U.S. dollar. Well, <laughs> that's let, like an inside joke. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you're gonna have to explain that one to me <laughs> later. Yes. Um, but yeah, thank you, and to anybody, to everybody listening, thank you so much for for being here and for your support, and reach out to Javi for uh, further insight because you are. So far, out of everybody that, and not that I've spoken to many, many people about this, but you're, you've been able to put it in ways that are easy to understand. So thank you. Yes.